You're listening to the Proteus Leader Show with Erica Anderson, where you'll get practical tools and insights for leading and managing and staying ready for the future. Erica is the founding partner of Proteus, a firm that focuses uniquely on leader readiness. A nationally known executive coach and best-selling author, you may already know her as one of the most popular leadership bloggers on Forbes.com. Ready for something you can use today? Here's Erica. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Proteus Leader Show. My guest today is Greg Sattel. He's a longtime entrepreneur and business builder who has now become a leading voice in innovation and thinks deeply about how innovation really works. And, and what I like a lot about Greg's approach to innovation is that it seamlessly combines inspiration and practicality. It's really about solving real problems. So, so welcome to the show, Greg. I'm so glad you could be with us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you know, as we've started to move in each other's orbit recently, I've become increasingly intrigued by your approach to innovation. I, I think it's really unique in a lot of ways and, and useful in a lot of ways. And I thought that uh, our listeners would find your insights really valuable. So let's, let's get started. I have, I have some questions for you, as you know. So um, first question, in your book, Mapping Innovation, you talk about finding the best innovation strategy to solve a given problem. I'd love to hear more about that. That really comes from the journey that that took me to writing the book. I spent most of my adult uh, life managing organizations, and I always felt an incredible pressure to innovate. As a CEO, you have to make decisions that affect a lot of people, hmm. and you want to make the right decisions. With regards to innovation, I never really had a good handle on how to go about it. It wasn't that there weren't ideas about innovation. It seemed like everybody had had an idea about innovation, and they were all pushing their own ideas. You know, Steve Jobs would say this, or Elon Musk would say this. You have design thinkers and open innovation people and lean startups and on and on and on. It's not like marketing or finance where you have pretty clear frameworks and, and pretty clear trade-offs. In innovation, it just seemed like everybody was kind of going their own direction. And many times the different advice would uh, would actually contradict it, 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 each other. So right. for instance, design thinkers tell you it's all about the end user and you need to focus on the end user and work back. You know, Clayton Christensen writes this great book, The Innovator's Dilemma and, and Disruptive Innovation. And he says that's how you go out of business, by listening too much to your customers and you get caught up uh, uh, in old metrics and the basis of competition uh, shifts and, and, and you get disrupted. So, uh, so what I set out to do was to start talking to every great innovator I could find, whether they were at some big corporation or a scientific lab or at a startup. Hmm. And eventually what I realized was that innovation's really about solving problems. How a lot of organizations get stuck is they choose a particular innovation strategy because it worked for them before or it worked at Apple or some consultant told them that's what's, you know, that's how people get successful or they read it in a book without really thinking about what kind of problem they have first, what kind of problem they're trying to solve. So what I developed 
uh, in the framework that I first published in Harvard Business Review and then led to the book is basically a, a method of classifying problems yeah. uh, in order to pick the right solution that uh, fits the problem instead of picking the solution first and somehow trying to make the problem fit, which never turns out very well. So rather than a kind of ad hoc, oh, let's just pick one out of the atmosphere or a sort of one size fits all, you recommend figuring out what kind of thing you're trying to do, what kind of problem you're trying to solve, and then making sure your innovation approach is appropriate for that problem. Yeah, I don't think it's fair to say people are just picking them out of the air. But, you know, when you see some enormous success like Apple, um, you know, you want to know how they did it. Right. And 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 you want to say, well, it worked for them. You know, I should I should I should try and inject some of that into my company. The issue is, is that you're. The, the problems you need to solve in your company are probably very different than the, than the problems that Apple needs to solve yeah. um, or Google needs to solve. So, and, and you'll have a, even within your industry, um, and, and compared to competitors, you probably have a very different strategy, set of capabilities and culture. And that's going to determine um, what problems you need to solve and what strategies you need to apply to solve them. So I I always favor, you know, the simplest, most down to earth approach that you can. So we encourage, um, we encourage, encourage leaders to ask simple questions. For instance, um, can you come up with a technical specification for this problem? Can you come up with a job description or set of job descriptions to staff this project? Uh, and uh, how well can you define those things? Because that uh, that those types of questions, first of all, they're 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 very clear. They're not open up to an enormous amount of of interpretation, and they really help you classify the problem. Another filter we use is called the three horizons. And we ask whether this is, in terms of markets and capabilities, is this something you're doing now? Is this something that's an adjacency that other organizations do, but but you're not doing yet? Or is this something completely new? And as we walk them through, we're able to help classify that problem and find a strategy that matches. Oh, that's great. So it sounds like the first approach, the first thing that you do with people is to try to help them get as clear as they can about what kind of problem it is, what the parameters of it are. So when they start to innovate, they're looking in the right direction, I assume. Yes. So those questions feed into this uh, innovation matrix that, um, that was in that original Harvard Business Review article. Um, and then there's sets of strategies that that they can apply. So I think one of the things that always frustrated me about most innovation frameworks is that they were these kind of huge flowcharts where it's kind of step by step. I always feel that it's it's better to um, to make things simple and clear and ask ask simple questions. I really recommend that people read the book. And just as a kind of teaser and taster, I'd love for you to give us a highlight of the matrix or even some examples of particular strategies for particular kinds of problems. 
Well, let's go back to this design thinking versus innovators dilemma. So um, design thinking is, you know, it's been incredibly successful. Uh, you know, IDEO has built an, a great design practice based on it. Stanford has built an entire uh, school uh -huh. uh, devoted to it. Um, and it's all about focusing on the end user and putting together a um, putting together a, a multidisciplinary team and then going through this process of rapid prototyping uh, and testing till you come to the conclusion. And that can be enormously powerful. The problem is think about all the assumptions you're making. You're making the assumption that the problem can be defined, that you can come up with a clear technical specification, that you know the skills needed to, to solve this problem. Um, so that if those things aren't true, if you if if you can't if you can't clearly define the problem very well, and you're either you don't know or you're wrong about the skills needed to solve the problem, that process isn't going to work very well. And uh, you know where um, in if you look at uh, lean startup or other disruptive innovation strategies, uh, they're really, if you think about disruptive companies uh, like an Airbnb or an Uber, you know, they're not coming up with real solutions to problems that we knew about, right? They're taking existing solutions and applying them to, uh, to, to problems nobody really thought about. So sometimes you have problems looking for solutions. Sometimes you have a solution, and this is usually the case with the startup. You have a solution where people are looking, you have a solution and you have to find the problem for it. There's a very interesting program uh, that the federal government runs for scientists who've received grants, commercialization grants called SBIR grants. And the, it's called i -Corps, and they run this lean startup uh, process. And the first step is these scientists who've all discovered something important. They have to present what they, you know, what the application is and, and what, what's their target market. Every single one of them gets it wrong. Every single one of them gets it wrong. And they have to run and, uh, and do customer in interviews. And uh, eventually, uh, they find that there's a another industry or another application that this technology is a great fit for. So that's a very, very different type of process. And design thinking isn't going to help you with that. Right. Okay. That's a great discrimination between those two very different situations. All right. I always promise my listeners some practical advice. So what practical advice would you give leaders today if you wanted to help them be more effective innovators? What can they start doing differently or better right now? I would say the one thing, well, I would say the one mistake leaders make is what they think an innovator looks like. Everybody's vision of an innovator is, uh, you know, is Steve Jobs, right? Uh, very mercurial, probably difficult, spouting off lots of ideas. Where what you want to have is highly collaborative teams um, who are focused on the same mission. So that means when you hire, 
you want you you don't need to necessarily to go get the people with the most advanced degrees or or, or the best resumes. It's really important to hire people who are passionate about the mission um, and who are passionate about solving the problems you need to solve. And one thing I always say is, you know, to innovate, you, you don't need a great idea. What you need is a good problem. If you find a good, meaningful problem, the ideas will come. That's great. It sounds like a good, meaningful problem. And a team of people who are really passionate and diverse and can come with different points of view to think about that problem. Yes, and uh, passionate, but yes. uh, also are collaborative, mutually respectful team players. Uh, you know, the, the lone genius thing is a myth. Nobody, nobody, really, uh, nobody really makes any kind of impact on the world alone. Thank you so much, Greg. This has been really thought-provoking. And listeners, if you're interested in finding out more about Greg and his work, including his book, Mapping Innovation, you can just go to his website at digitaltonto.com. Thank you for listening. And until next time, here's to creating the life you truly want. We hope you're feeling better equipped to create the career, the business, and the life you want. For more insights and tools for leadership and management, join us at ProteusLeader.com. Have an excellent day, and thanks for listening.